Hi, welcome to Panther City Partners Podcast. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell. I'm an academic and life coach, and I help people navigate life's transitions. Um, This is a conversation-style podcast where I typically have a guest, but the last few sessions, I have basically just had a conversation with myself, but talking through some of these strategies that I have used um, and developed for navigating life's transitions. So today we're going to continue with those tips and strategies. The last couple of weeks we covered making a plan and how important it is to set yourself up for success by making that plan in advance of a transition. And even when you are th- have a transition thrust upon you at the very last minute, um, making sitting down and making a plan as soon as possible. So you'll kind of give yourself a roadmap or a guide for where you're wanting to go. Part of the reason why you want to do that is because inevitably things change when you're dealing with a transition. And so the second strategy that we chatted about was being flexible. So you want to make that plan, but then you want to be a flexible to um, kind of detour off that original plan if needed, and then you can get back on it or be flexible enough to kind of throw that original plan out and start over with a new plan if needed. Today, the strategy I want to talk about is using your resources. So typically when I say use your resources, people think in terms of using materials. I'm going to go look something up online. I'm, I'm a librarian. And so using resources automatically makes me think of finding books or finding articles or finding um, something else that's out there that's already been created, a, a website that's already been created or some kind of essay out there so that I can look to those resources Um, I can cite them too, Um, but looking to those resources to find the information that I need. Um, My daughter recently had a project at school, and so she had to research somebody, and we used resources. We, We got online. We used the different databases that her school has access to so that she could find out the information about this, this person for her living museum, um, project. But I think something that gets overlooked is you can't just use material resources. You can't just use things or books or manipulatives if you're teaching in a classroom. You also have to remember that people are your resources. And I think that that one sometimes gets overlooked because we so often in our hyper-perfectionist society, we are taught that we need to do things by ourselves. We need to do things on our own. We need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just figure this out by ourselves. And that can be really isolating and really lonely. Using your resources means asking others for help. Um, Brene Brown, who I've talked about before, she points out that many of us are really quick to offer help to others, but we are not willing to ask for or accept help from others. I do this all the time um, when, when, People offer to help me do something. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I've got this because I'm trying to prove to myself and prove to them that I can do this, that I don't need anyone's help. But when we categorize people into these two groups of people who need help and those who give help, me categorizing myself in that category of I give help, I don't need help, I give help to other people. But when we do this, we we may not mean to, but we're judging ourselves for needing help. By always saying that I am the help giver, then I am judging myself when I need help. And if we can't ask help for help without judging ourselves, 
then we really can't offer help to other people without judging them. So if I'm going to judge myself for needing help, then what's really happening is I'm judging other people when they ask for help or when they need help. And when you think about it in terms of that, it kind of makes you catch your breath of like, oh, I I wasn't meaning to judge people who need help. I, I genuinely want to be of assistance and be of service to other people. But if I'm not willing to accept help from other people, or if I'm not willing to ask for help from other people, then inadvertently I am judging people who need help. And so that's really kind of changing that mindset around what help is and what it means to offer help and what it means to accept help. So I like to say it in in the terms of using your resources, because that's a little bit um, a more palatable way to to say, ask for help. Um, When I work with my college students, that's one of the things I really try to explain to them early on or try to show them is that being a help seeker, developing that skill is a really good skill to have, especially when you're trying to navigate a new system like a university or a college. You know, a lot of high achieving high school students, even moderately achieving high school students are so used to just doing things for themselves. They think they're doing everything on their own. And so when it gets to time to go to college and to start asking other people for help to navigate this big new place that's so different, it can be really, it can be really challenging. Um, It's really easy to silo ourselves off from other people when we're going through transitions and then it, and then we feel even more lonely than we were before. But it's helpful to remember that you're not alone. Remember, I always say the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. And that's what I mean. It means we want to use our resources of our friends, our family, our coworkers, our spouses, and significant others, even seeking out the help of our children um, to help us not have to do everything alone. You know, um, recently I have been feeling just down. I don't know if it's the change of the weather. I don't know if it's, um, you know, changes in relationships or changes in kids or all of those things, but I've been, been just feeling down. And typically when I feel down, I just kind of keep it to myself. I go about my business. I do my thing. Um, and eventually I just kind of work myself out of it. But this, this time it's, it's not happening as quickly as I would like for it to. Um, And so the other night, I just started talking to my spouse, and I just said, look, I'm feeling down, and um, these are the things that that I'm struggling with in my life right now, struggling with being a parent, I'm struggling with being a business owner, I'm struggling with being a spouse, I'm struggling with just being a woman who um, doesn't always want to think of herself in relation to other people. Like I'm a mom, I'm a spouse, I'm, I'm, I'm a wife, but what am I if I'm not those things? And so I've been really struggling with how to um, kind of navigate that 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 part of this part of my life, this transition of you know I'm I'm not the mother to babies anymore and toddlers who need me all the time. But I'm not yet the mother to kids who are who are out of the house and don't need me at all. My kids still need me, but it's just in different ways. And I have a wonderful spouse, but you know, we are navigating our lives at the kind of like parallel play, you know, like with little kids when they play beside each other, but they're not really interacting. And sometimes it feels like that when you're in a marriage or a long-term relationship that you're just kind of doing things beside each other than rather than doing things together. 
Um, and then, you know, when you're in business for yourself, like I am, it, it's so great. I have so much flexibility. I can do the things that I want to do. But sometimes I really just miss having coworkers to talk to and vent with and share stories with. And so when I spend so much time alone, I start to really just think of myself as, as alone. So the other night, like I said, I, I just finally reached out to my spouse and was like, hey, these are the things I'm struggling with. And I have to give him credit. He did not try to solve my problems. <laughs> Those of you who have been in a long-term relationship know that a lot of times your, your husband will, um, is, the moment you say that there's something that you're struggling with or that you have a problem, they turn into Mr. Fix-It mode. And they, they want to tell you how you can solve this problem or they want to offer you ideas on what you could do. And my girlfriends and I have chatted about this before. That that's not really what we want. We don't always want someone to swoop in to try to solve or fix our problems. We just want to talk about our problems and just let people know how we're feeling. And so this time Spencer really just listened. And it was really nice because I was able to express some of the things out loud that I had been thinking in my head but had been kind of afraid to say aloud. And he really was just there as a person listening to me and really understanding that maybe he didn't understand what I was going through and maybe he didn't have a way to fix it, but he understood that he could just be there and hold that space for me and feel that pain with me for a little while because that's just what I needed. I needed someone to just sit with me while I cried a little bit. I needed someone to just listen to me kind of talk through what I was feeling because if you've never said it out loud, then it you don't even really know yet what you're feeling. You don't have the words for it. So given this opportunity to just sit and feel that pain and given this opportunity to talk through what I was feeling, it made me feel better. Now, I am still feeling my downtime. Um, I still have these emotions that I don't quite know what to do with. But the fact that I was able to talk through them and share them with someone made me feel so much less alone. Um, and that's what happens when we don't ask for help or we don't share what we're feeling on the inside is that we start to feel really alone and really isolated. I have definitely felt this as a parent where my kids are driving me crazy or they're going through these phases and I feel like I am the only person dealing with this and it's scary and it's tumultuous and I get angry and frustrated and I start to kind of doubt who I am as a parent and what I've been doing and and the parameters and the rules that my spouse and I have set up and we start to, we start to think what is wrong with us or what is wrong with our children but the moment that I ask my girlfriends about it or I say oh my kids have been doing this or I, or I explain what's been happening almost every time the first thing they say is oh yeah I hear that or that reminds me of this and it just immediately, oh, so much relief is felt. You know, there's just like this weight that comes off. It's like, oh, I'm not alone. I don't have to handle this by myself. There are other people going through this. One of my son's friends um, in his class at school, her mom and I have met just a couple of times at school functions or at her daughter's birthday party. And she is a native Spanish speaker, not a native English speaker. I'm a native English speaker, not at all, and almost at all a Spanish speaker. Um, and she speaks, she does not think she speaks very English very well, but I think she th speaks great English compared to how I terribly I butcher Spanish. But 
you know, she, the other day we were at school for an event and we started chatting a little bit and I was just asking how your daughter is doing this year. And she started to explain to me some things that her daughter had been dealing with in elementary school and that they feel like they've gotten a handle on things and that this teacher, the teachers that our children have, we, we adore both of them. Um, and they've been so helpful and so, you know, just sticking with our kids and helping them navigate things at school. And, you know, this is a woman who is a lot younger than me. She does not speak English on a regular basis. Her, she has an only child. I have two children. You know, we're very different on the outside. But when we started talking about our children and some of the struggles that we were dealing with and how the school has been so helpful with our kids, we connected on a level that we hadn't connected on before. And it was just, it was so wonderful to, to be in that moment and share that space with her where we were both asking for help and both seeking like just just a shoulder or just a person to explain, hey, this has been going on and have someone really hear you. To really be heard and feel like you are understood is such a gift that that when we are able to give that to others, we are providing them a gift. But when we are able to ask for it from other people, use our resources as fellow parents of kids in elementary school, it was such a gift for me too to be able to explain some things to her that I was dealing with and some struggles and to know that we may be different, but we are dealing with a lot of the same issues with our kids. And it's so nice to know that we're not alone. Um, you know, some of the things that happen when we don't reach out and ask for help are things like we feel less connected to other people. You know, this is a mom that I have seen for two, almost two years. And we say hello and we're very friendly and kind to one another, but I didn't really feel a connection with her. But after this last time of chatting, I really feel a connection to her now. And it's not just we're going to give each other superficial hellos and superficial smiles, but this deep, this deeper, more meaningful relationship. No, we're not going to run out and be best friends all the time. But I know that when I'm with her, when our children are together, when we interact with each other, that it's not just a superficial, hello, how are you doing? But it's a really deep connection there. And so when I've reached out and I've asked for help and I have connected with her in one moment, that that connection can carry out to other moments and other interactions. And that's a really nice thing to be able to have. When we reach out and ask for help, we feel less lonely. Like I said before, it's really easy to silo ourselves off from people, you know, people who have political differences or religious differences or whose kids go to public school or private school or parents that, you know, stay-at-home parents versus working parents or non-parents versus parents. It's really easy to just get in our own headspace and our own little place and feel like, oh, we don't have anything. There's no way somebody who doesn't have kids could help me because they just don't understand what it's like. That's not really true. When I do open myself up and ask for help from people who have children or people who don't have children or people who have much older kids or people who have much younger kids, when I am I become a help seeker and use my resources by asking for assistance or guidance or thoughts or opinions, then I, just, I feel less lonely in the world. And that's really something that um, I think in general 
we are all feeling is that loneliness. You know, we spend so much of our time interacting with people online and through these social media interfaces and through these digital media interfaces that we we miss that connection of an actual person. And you can definitely develop amazing friendships and relationships and feel connection via social media and via online interactions. But there's something to be said for having an in-person, like, I can reach out and touch you type of face-to-face interaction. And that really does help help you feel less lonely. And even if your interactions are with people online, that deeper connection is what's going to help you feel less lonely. And that can be really helpful because when you feel less lonely, then you're more willing to bring other people into your circle or you're you know, I'm a better parent when I don't feel lonely. I'm a better spouse. I'm a better friend. I'm a better worker. I'm a better business owner when I don't have these feelings of loneliness. And I have to overcome those feelings of loneliness by reaching out and seeking those connections and asking for help when I need it. You know, ask a girlfriend to go to lunch or go to dinner or like last night, my husband went out to the movies with some guy friends at nine o'clock at night. Now, that was wonderful because he'd had his whole day of work. We had had dinner as a family. We had put the kids to bed. We'd done our whole nighttime routine, but he needed some connection. And so last week he got this group of guys together to go to the movies. So I've definitely done that too. You kind of have to fit those connections in where you can, you know, when you're a single mom and you're working full time. Does that mean that you could have lunch with someone or or does it mean that you could chat with someone on the drive home? One of my really good friends um, lives in the Austin area and she used to have a really long commute in the mornings and the evenings. And so one of the things that she would do is she would just call a family member or a friend and have these good, long, connection-filled conversations with these people when she was driving home. And that was a way for her to feel less lonely in that drive, but also a way for her to have those connections with friends and family members so and not feel so lonely. So reaching out in those spaces that you can to have that connection with people. Another thing that creeps in when we don't ask for help is self-doubt. You know, there's always that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you can't do that, what makes you think you can do this, you you aren't successful. Um, and that voice gets louder when we are alone and when we silo ourselves off and when we don't reach out and have that connection. That may be part of what I'm feeling right now. Part of my downtime is that I've been alone, like physically alone so much recently um, that that voice of self-doubt is creeping in. And the only way that I can combat that, that voice is for me to reach out and connect with people. So when I talked to my spouse about it or when I talk about it now on this podcast with the listeners, when I when I voice these things out loud and when I say, hey, I need help, I am asking for help, then that voice of self-doubt, of self-doubt quiets a little bit. Now, I can't make it go away all the time forever, but I can get it to be quiet. And when I'm I do that by talking to people and reaching out and asking for help. Now, reaching out and asking for help is really difficult, especially because, like I said at the beginning, we are taught to be able to do things by ourselves. That's how you succeed in this world. You do it alone. 
But we all know that that is one of the many great American myths is that nobody really does things completely alone or completely all by their, themselves. They have support and they have help all the way, all along the way. Um, and they, they get that support and that help from different places. You know, I'm one of those people who has had many different jobs, but almost every time I've had a job, I take away a friend from that job. And so that's kind of my way of like gathering these people around me to kind of build up my support system and build up my group and to really help me feel more supported. So remember that you're, you are each other's resources, you know, whether it's in your family, whether it's with your friend group, whether it's with your coworkers, and you've got to be able to use your friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and seek out help when you're, when it's needed, and then also accept help when it's offered. I think that that really is the hardest part. I am pretty good at asking for help, but it is even harder for me. It's really hard for me to accept help when it's offered because I get this thought in my head of like, why are they offering me help? Do they think I'm not capable? Do they think I'm not good enough? Do they think I can't do this alone? And so I've talked about this before of really changing that voice inside of my head instead of immediately questioning the motives of their offer to start really thinking about, well, that was kind of them. They are showing kindness. This is the way that this person is showing me love. This is the way that this person is showing me that they're supporting me. And so when I think about it in those terms, when I reframe that question of, of, do you want some help or what can I do? If I reframe it from, why are they asking that to, oh, they're showing me love, then I am. it's easier for me to accept that help. Then it's easier for me to think, they're not doubting me. They're offering this out of, of, of support and love. So accepting help is just as important as, as asking for help. So becoming a help seeker is super important. important. Becoming a, a help um, acceptor, I guess, would be the way to talk about that, accepting of help. But it's mainly just about using those resources. Yes, use the material resources, but, but remember to use the people in your life. And so today I want to have a little bit of a meditation on using your resources and, and remembering um, and feeling supported. So last time we did this, um, where I had you take a moment, if you don't mind, and either close your eyes or just be still if you can. And I really want you to think, take a moment here and think of a person or people who offer you comfort and security. Take a couple of slow, deep breaths. And call to mind the people in your life who have been supportive. The people who have offered you comfort or security. If you're struggling to come up with who that person is, you might want to ask yourself some questions like, who do you like to spend time with? Who is it hardest to be away from? Who do you want to talk to when you are worried about something or when you're feeling down? Who is the person you know will always be there for you? The person you want to share your successes with? Now, you may have come up with multiple people when thinking through those questions. 
Now that you have these people in mind, take a moment to think about what are some of the qualities that these people share. Are they kind? Are they trustworthy? Do they show love? And next, recall and visualize a specific situation when you were feeling distressed or worried. And one of these people comforted you. How did they comfort you? What what did they say? What did they do to make you feel secure and safe and less alone? This activity is a great thing to do a couple of times a month. You can write it down or you can just think it in your head or say it out loud to someone. It really helps remind you that there are people out there who are supporting you. There are people out there that you can turn to and use as a resource to help you navigate the transitions, big and small significant and insignificant that you are going through. You all have people in your life that have been there for you. So call them to mind and remember what it is that they do for you so that you can feel supported even when they're not with you. That activity I got, again, from the Greater um, Greater Good in Action Science Center from UC Berkeley um, they have so many activities to help it's, to help us with our well-being and our um, compassion skills and our happiness skills. But this one is really helpful when I'm feeling like I'm alone. And this one is really helpful for when I feel like I don't have anybody. Logically, I know that that's not true. I have tons of people that I can reach out to and call on for help and support and comfort and love. But in the moment when you're feeling down and in the moment when you're feeling like you're alone, if you can just, even if you don't have, you don't have to physically call someone or physically text someone, but you can just run through this little meditation where you remind yourself, hey, I do have people that can help boost your spirits enough to get you out of that low place. So thinking about the, the navigating life transition strategies Um, Today, we talked about asking for help and using your resources, both physical materials and the people around you. Um, Thanks for your time and listening to that strategy. I've used it a lot. And as you can hear, I am having to use it a lot right now to help me navigate this low time. I want to talk about a book that I have read recently. It is called Wolfpack by Abby Wambach. She is a New York Times bestselling author and a U.S. Soccer Olympic gold medalist. Um, This book, the the subtitle is How to Come Together, Unleash Our Power, and Change the Game. And it's based on a speech, a graduation speech that she gave a few years ago. And she's turned it into a book. And it's a really great book. It is a short book, so it's easy to consume really quickly. But it really gives some important 
points to that that idea of using your wolf pack. We're not alone. We don't have to do these things by ourselves. We need to celebrate each other. We need to celebrate our successes, and we need to be there for each other and our failures. So I really think that this is a great read. It's a really quick read, and that's nice. Sometimes it's nice to read something quickly and consume it. Like I can get through this book in one sitting or in a couple of days, and that's a really great way to feel some success with reading. But Abby Wambach's book, um, Wolfpack, is an excellent book for thinking about how we can harness this power of using our resources of the people who are around us. So I highly recommend checking that book out. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You know, as I'm talking to you guys about navigating life's transitions, I am actively navigating my own life transitions. And so it's nice to have this space where I can chat about those things and share those things. And I'm hoping that by me sharing some of these things from my life, that that helps you to feel less alone. It helps you to feel less like you're the only person going through this. It helps you to feel more connected and more um, available to listening to other people. I appreciate the time that we spend together, and I hope that you're getting something out of this. Please follow me on Instagram at Panther City Partners. You can check out episodes of the podcast. You can check out the live video feeds of the, not live video feeds, but you can check out the digital um, video of these on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Panther City Partners. Um, you know, we are all navigating life's transitions, big and small. We are taking everything one day at a time. As I was chatting with my friend um, Natalie the other day, I also have a sister named Natalie. This She and I have been in contact a lot recently, just trying to be there for each other, navigating transitions. But my friend Natalie, who is a single mom, who's actually been on the show, she and I were chatting the other day um, about how we're all just doing the best we can. And when we're when we're vocal about that, that we are all just doing the best we can and we're all trying very hard to be good members of society and good people in this world, then it's a, it makes us feel a lot less like we're alone. And that's what I'm hoping today's um, topic helped you feel, that you are not alone. The only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, listen, download, share, like, do all of the things that you do with podcasts so that we know you're listening and you know you that and we know that you like what I have to say. Thank you so much. Have a great day and I'll see you back soon. Thanks.